This channel is all about bringing you motivational and inspirational content with value-packed interviews with local high-performing entrepreneurs. My name is Josh Kwan, a digital nomad, founder of Space Jelly and Lavishing Me Gadgets, and welcome to the workshop. Streamer, content creator, fresh out of the Bay podcast host, Freezy is located in the Bay Area in San Francisco and a self-made digital entrepreneur. Now let's go ahead and pick Freezy's brain. So how do you quantify success in your own definition? Ooh, wow, what a great <laughs> question, host. <laughs> Uh, damn, how do you quantify success? Um, I feel like I talked about this with my sister and it, it's all subjective, right? I feel like just like how everything is, you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. I feel like success is really up to the person that you're asking. So for me personally, um, my, my kind of, um, what's it called? Um, I guess metric for success is knowing that I made an impact. You know, I don't want to talk about it as if like, oh, I made an X amount of money or I have an X amount of followers. Although those are accolades you should achieve. I feel like for me, I know that I'm doing a successful thing if I'm making an impact on people, you know, whether it be like friends or community or beyond. That's kind of like what success is like for me. Gotcha. Gotcha. So how do you track that progress personally? So <laughs> I know this is, uh, the, I guess like the way that I'm speaking on it is, is it's going to sound a little bit less businessy, I guess, mm -hmm. but um, let's say for my personal podcast, right? I know what I'm doing a successful episode when I've got multiple people messaging me afterwards to talk about it further, to further the conversation. And that's how I know, like, uh, I feel like this was successful. And as a content creator for like startup businesses, um, whenever we have more engagement, I guess would be the metric, right? When we have... Mm -hmm. Not just more likes and views, but more comments, more messages, more dialogue because of what we made. That's like how you know you're like making ripples and having a successful kind of project. That is awesome. So can you talk just a little bit about your podcast, Fresh Off the Bay? How did you get started? Are you Were you profitable in, you know, the couple months that you're doing it? How did you get inspired to go into this space? And kind of your overall process of building this audience in this specific niche if you can just go over that. Um, currently, we aren't like making any like actual profit margins yet since we're still bringing, uh, what's it called, building up the podcast and stuff. Um, but I guess like in terms of engagement or I guess to give context to the show itself, um, you know, obviously like COVID has hit us all very hard and the entire city of San Francisco has been sheltered in place for the past like three, two and a half, almost three months. And for the first three weeks, I was just super depressed because I'm just a very extroverted person and I find it very hard to be creative if I'm not able to go outside and have the energy of being amongst people, you know. But then like after that third week, I thought about it and I'm like, you know, there's a lot of things going on in the world and we have no place to really talk about it. So what if I give people a platform to talk about it with me? Because I have a lot of thoughts in my mind, right? So, and I've also like, my, my end goal in my career is to be able to host my own late night talk show. So essentially, Fresh Out the Bay is like my, um, I guess, baby prototype version of that, um, where we, um, every week, I would pull a few cast members of mine that I kind of picked out. 
um, and we do like a Zoom call because I want to give a face to our names and we live stream our talk show and that's essentially our podcast. Um, so you can either like tune into the live stream and engage with us because we want to like see audience questions and like their thoughts on a certain subject to facilitate a more, you know, open conversation and stuff. But then if you can't make it for the live stream, you can still rewatch the broadcast afterwards or you can listen to the audio version on like Spotify and Apple podcasts. So it's really just about uplifting my um, local Bay Area community, but also talking about about um topics that will cater to other people mainly asian americans that are like outside of here as well so wow love that about you it's amazing thank you (laughs) all about the people man all about the people definitely it's a great platform and one place where you can streamline everything right yeah exactly exactly just last night actually um originally we had other plans because you know it's it's the end of asian pacific american heritage month but then with just all of the shit that's going on um and all the ignorance that's also been going around i felt like it was my social duty to kind of like educate people that are following my page like oh maybe you know we should talk about these things because it's a really sensitive topic but people need to know how and people need to be educated on how you can like check your privilege how you can like support other people especially like the black community at, at this time and stuff like that because i realized recently that not everyone knows about these things <laughs> mm-hmm. so um it's kind of like our way like yo let's like talk about this so people know so yeah Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, I've seen your podcast and it, I love the way you're doing it in a video format and everything. It's super well made. Um, I know you did an internship at Boba Guy. So if you can talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Oh, man. Boba Guys, man. Um, first of all, I, they're probably, I don't know if they're going to listen to this, but shout out Andrew. Shout out Ben. Like they are, they've taught me so much, like not just about, you know, like the importance of marketing and video production, but just how to be a leader in general and why it's important for you to have dialogue with your company as an entrepreneur. <clears throat> because the reason why Boba Guys does so well isn't because of their, well, they do make good Boba tea, but like <laughs> you could argue that other shops make better tea, whatever. Mm-hmm. You can have your tier lists if you want. <laughs> so real quick, who owns Boba Guys and what is their business model and their message per se for just the audience to say? Yeah, yeah. so um, Andrew Chow and Bin Chen, um, they're like the co-founders of Boba Guys. And like initially when they first started out, they um, realized why is it that like all of these Boba shops always use powder? Why does it always like taste kind of not weird, but it just, it doesn't taste like real, you know, it's like always artificial. So then they sought out to make like more genuine and like authentic boba without using powder and stuff. So in 2011, in the beginning, they were trying to make the best boba they can. But then as they progressed, they focused more on their impact on culture, on their company dialogue. And that's what really made them so successful is because they are so active in their communities and beyond that people have to pay attention. Like when COVID first happened, they were the biggest advocates for social, or I mean, uh, for small businesses to be able to get the PPP, the um, payment protection plan from the government. They were like on the forefront of the whole thing. Andrew literally flew back and forth from San Francisco to DC to testify before Congress <laughs> um, uh-huh. just to make that thing happen. Yeah, this whole thing, I'm not saying this whole thing was because of him, but he was a very big kind of um, factor when it comes to saving all these small businesses because of COVID. So, and then, you know, outside of that, they also collab with, you know, um, have you ever watched Hot Ones 
on YouTube, the Spicy Chicken Wings Challenge. Never seen that before. <laughs> Dang. Okay. Well, there's this this like really popular show on YouTube, and they collaborated with them to um uh, during Complex Con. They've done videos with like Rich Brian and Nikki. They they're like really close with Eighty Eight Rising. So they always try to but put themselves in these places where you kind of are able to elevate your dialogue to the masses kind of thing. It's not just about boba tea. It's about making an impact on your culture. Oh, if that makes sense. Yeah. And that's like the bigger kind of like elevated thinking you got to have as a business owner. Right. Cause it's not just nowadays, it's not enough for you to just have the best product. You have to have the best voice too, mm-hmm. because if you don't put meaning behind your great product, what is it really? Just another one, you know? So pretty much, trying to package it creatively so you can present it to your audience kind of capture them in a sense to sell a certain product or service exactly you gotta you gotta give your products meaning and identity you know whether it be boba tea or a laptop or a service like you gotta be able to like essentially it's marketing if you really want to put it on under under an umbrella term but but i don't like the term marketing (laughs) it's i i would just would rather prefer like you know kind of uh describing as your meaning your identity your dialogue you know why is it that you're creating what you're creating you know (laughs) that's amazing so i know you did something with cafe x you were the content creator and you know what value did you bring to them as a company and talk to me about that experience yeah so um cafe oh man that was such an interesting place to work for Because um, to give context again, Cafe X is a robotic coffee bar. Mm-hmm. So basically you go in and you order on these tablets or you can order from the app on your phone. And there's this machine with a robot arm that essentially serves you the coffee. Now, the, the goal of that company was to give you like um, really good coffee really fast. Um, admittedly, like you could probably find better coffee at like, you know, places like phil's coffee blue bottle whatever but the thing is you don't have to wait in a line and you can be in and out within seconds and that's kind of like the goal of the company yeah that's awesome so unfortunately (laughs) unfortunately i was never able to create content in terms of like (laughs) elevating that dialogue Mm -hmm. but cafe x did give me a start in just creating content in general for um what's it called first a startup business in san francisco um the first one that i made was just you know we had some new merch that we were dropping um to sell to uh, our customers and stuff and i just made like a really quick promo video to like um advertise that and then from there um i started helping them create like hiring videos internally and stuff like talking about like the team and whatnot and why you should work for cafe x and yeah um i guess i think what i learned from that experience is the importance of just putting yourself out there because it was such a small company that i knew the ceo he would like come into the store every now and then and whenever he came to the store uh, or one time he came to the store and i was like hey um i don't know if you have your own marketing team or anything but um i'd be happy to send you my portfolio because i am like a i'm like a content producer video production person and i'd love to like help create stuff for your company and that's when he kind of gave me free reign to like create whatever content I essentially wanted under his direction. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it, that's when it first taught me like how important it is for you to just put yourself out there, you know, in terms of like networking or whatever. Don't be afraid to like, you know, come up to your boss and just be like, hey, like I can help you out with this if you'd like, you know. So is that your main process of actually like marketing yourself and kind of like putting yourself out there to other businesses? 
Sometimes, yeah, yeah. Um, it's I think it's just important for like you you won't be noticed unless you allow yourself to be noticed. And I know it's really daunting. Like, oh, this guy literally like pays you for your job and you don't want to like annoy him or anything but and i'm not saying you should pester your bosses about putting your work out there but you should definitely not be afraid to just you know be willing to offer your services to help and hopefully that can kind of give you a platform to go further because that's what happened to me you know so were you always creative as a young you know kid or were you inspired some point in your life from a creative mentor to start this journey? Ooh, that's a great question. Ooh, this is actually, yeah. Yeah, so I think I, yes, I was actually inspired by old YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) So like, cause I, I think for better or for worse, I discovered the internet at a very, very early age. I was six. Um, wow. Which is, Thankfully, it made me a more open-minded person without going crazy because I feel like <laughs> there's just some parts of the internet that you should just never go to as a kid. Man, I didn't even know what I was doing at six. Like, I was just playing with my action figures, you know? <laughs> no, I just I remember because, you know, we just immigrated to the United States at the time and my sister and I were on my, we were living with my aunt and, um, or my at my aunt's house and we just were always on her computer and I would just sit next to my sister and just watch her go on on these websites and I'm like, whoa. <laughs> and then I discovered YouTube. And then I just, even as a young kid, I thought it was so cool that like these people were just using like random ass cameras and just filming whatever they wanted, like making essentially their own movies, you know what I mean? Quote unquote. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, watching that sort of stuff, like from like Ryan Higa and from like Wong Fu, from, you know, those really old, like cringy skits, I think watching those inspired me to pick up a camera and start doing it on my own. And back then, I didn't know that was me being creative. I thought that was just me being a kid. (laughs) It wasn't until later on that I started making my own videos, my own vlogs in like middle school that someone actually um, mentioned it. And they're like, oh yeah, like, uh, you know, when I think Freezy's just really passionate with a camera and it's really creative. And hearing them say that was like, oh, I guess I am creative. (laughs) And then that's kind of where, you know, this whole shebang started. Okay, so it wasn't until somebody was like, hey, you're a creative guy and you should start, you know, making all this stuff. And then you became someone creative. Isn't that, that sounds kind of weird, doesn't it? I just like Mm -hmm. saying it out loud. I'm like, because I I never knew what it was. I just thought it was, I don't know. I I thought, I just thought I was being a kid. And then it, it literally wasn't until someone acknowledged it and like labeled it, which is really like interesting that I didn't realize who I was until I was labeled in a way. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess so. <laughs> so. How like your learning curve per se from where you were young until now? Like what was the evolution of that time frame? If you can talk about the process of, you know, adding more skills to your already you know talented self yeah oh shit that's a great question too i think (laughs) dang i think okay so the most important thing if there is any creative out there that's like listening to this or or aspiring creative rather um the the most important thing is just for you to start honestly because i can tell you even as i progress there's a lot of content that i made relatively recently that's like shit (laughs) but the thing but the thing is like you'll like even if it's not your best, you'll still learn from it, though. And that experience is not like quantifiable. You know what I mean? Like you you just have to put yourself like put yourself out there and just be willing to create. But I think in terms of like the learning curve, um, I think the biggest, I think, progress that I made 
was in high school um i kind of transitioned from like making vlogs into making like these call of duty and halo montages (laughs) (laughs) and like but the reason why they developed me as an editor is that i started watching more youtube tutorials that taught me more stuff and more kind of like not just editing tips but also techniques and it kind of like um helped me hone my craft on my own and then in senior year of high school I took a film class at a fi- at the at some fine arts institution that was nearby and that really like elevated like my techniques because like I didn't realize there were so many rules that you had to know with a camera. I also didn't know how to sh- even shoot in manual mode with a camera until <laughs> until senior year of high school and that's like what really elevated me. So if there's anyone out you with a camera, you, the first thing is you just got to learn how to shoot manual and then you'll go from there and just kind of, you know, start surfing on YouTube, look up more tutorials and keep learning and that's just kind of it so would you say having a mentor is more efficient versus learning on youtube like how would you go about that Mm, yes i i do wish that i i guess like when i was younger i kind of wished i had like a mentor when it came to that kind of stuff because when you're learning on your own you know you have free reign to find and learn whatever you want but when you have a mentor or a teacher they really help you like streamline your techniques and your thoughts instead of just bouncing all over the place because my skill level was all over the place like when it comes to editing i just knew so much shit that most people my age didn't know but when it came to a camera i barely knew the basics (laughs) and that didn't really make sense so yeah it does help to have a mentor for sure so for someone who is very new to this industry wanted to get in uh, how do they get their feet wet like what are some prereqs or some skills one or two skills that you would recommend them to start out with? Okay. Um. For, so yeah, number one would be what I said before. You have to learn how to shoot manually because like, because half of cinematography. Okay. So when you think of cinematography, it's half photography and half lighting. So those are like the two things I would say that you have to know because like if you don't know the basics of a of a camera, then it doesn't really matter if if like you're kind of um if you're what's it called scene is lit and then if you but you do need to know about lighting as well because like you need to control or you need to be able to control how your image looks both from behind the camera and also on the other side as well um because it's not just about lighting your subject it's about how you light the subject as well depending on what the the mood or tone you want to convey and whatnot so those are like the, the two things that i would start with and also don't be afraid to put yourself out there and network because it's not about who you know it's about who knows you Ooh. yeah Ooh. yeah i learned so. that very recently <laughs> actually so is that how you network now is that you know you blast yourself everywhere versus um you know hey my name is freezy i can do this this is you know kind of going up to the people and approaching them it's a little bit of both i just feel like you obviously you don't want to put yourself out there to the point where you're pestering people because like people in this industry are quick to be like annoyed <laughs> because like you like because people are like you know they're, they're moving they're moving and if you're trying to like just like keep trying to get a hold of their attention it's like yo like chill but like once you meet the right person that can open doors for you that's like your ticket into so many like my current so i got laid off from boba guys because of covid obviously mm-hmm. um but i get, just got a new job um about like a month ish or so after that because of andrew and ben like being being in that company allowed me to meet more people that were really like related to that company and that's how i got the job i didn't apply for it this guy just met me through an event that we were collaborating on together he saw how i was working and he saw that the concept that i made 
and he heard that I got laid off and he didn't need content. So he just picked me up. And that that's and I've never felt like the fruition or I guess like the the benefits of networking until that wow. day. Wow. Yeah. Like the fact that I didn't have to put myself like I didn't have to apply. I didn't have to send him my resume. He already knew me. He already knew my shit. And that was it. Like that's it's <laughs> kind of crazy. Yeah, that's awesome. So I mean you kind of have yourself you know branded yourself so people can just come and find you anyways if you it doesn't matter if you have a bigger page or like big following right? yeah and you know i'm not i'm not here to say that i'm i'm not famous and i'm not (laughs) i'm only 22 i'm just starting out but considering where i'm at now getting noticed as an intern and getting picked up by somebody else to work for them it's like i don't know and i I mentioned that to him i was like i can't believe like this is actually happening like i didn't think you were gonna hire me i thought i was just giving you like advice and he's like no but you got to remember that if you keep working the way that you are like someday you get to the point where you'll never Never have to update your resume again people will just get you i'm like oh mm-hmm. shit i did not think about that <laughs> <I agree. laughs> now so am i, I there yet i don't think so but it's a, <laughs> it's a good point though so so like, like having a portfolio is very important but you know is it building a website is it building some kind of like catalog to kind of showcase yourself right like could you talk about that? Yeah, I think um, it, it's definitely good to have a portfolio always, always handy. Like it, just in case, you know what I mean? Like some you you could be at a party, literally, and you just happen to meet someone that's like looking for someone like you. So I always this is kind of a weird tip. But like what I do is that, um, you know, like the Safari app on your phone or Chrome mm-hmm. or whatever. Whenever you close out of that app, the tabs that you have open are still saved. So I always keep one of the tabs on my website. So in case I meet someone, I can just pull it up real quick, you know? So, um, and also, yes, it's important to have a website and stuff. But I think if you are starting out, just start out making content first. You know, have your website just be your YouTube page or your Instagram or whatever, if that makes it easier for you so you don't have to do that. But then if you start having a bunch of things that you want to show, especially if they're different mediums like photography, videography, copywriting, then yes, definitely have a website site um talk about yourself a little bit and put your best content on there don't overload it though like don't put everything that you've ever done because that's like way too much or you know at one point it'll be way too much just focus on like putting in your best content there like maybe two or three pieces of each medium and then like that's that's some golden nuggets right there so pretty much kind of like putting yourself out there having a portfolio is very important and you know, you, you already made that quantifiable for the yeah, audience. Yeah, definitely. Because you, you don't want to overload the person. Like, no one has time to watch through 10 short films. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, like, do you have... What, what is, like, the number one thing that you show people? Is it a iconic video that you've done? Or do you have, like, a top-ranking, um, you know, piece that you always show people? Yeah, that's... Yeah, dang it, it. For me, it's hard because th- this this is like um, the downside of being like a quote unquote jack of all trades mm-hmm. is that sometimes I wish that I only was a photographer or I only was a film editor or whatever, because it's a lot easier because you're definable. Like, oh, what do, what do you do? Oh, I edit films. And then here's my website. Here's my best work. Boom. But then for me, it's like I kind of delve with so many mediums that I don't sometimes I don't know what to show because when it comes to like, you know, videography, I'm going to show them an episode of Layered, which is a, a web show that I helped launch for Boba Guys where we break down the recipes because mm-hmm. I helped mm-hmm. write, edit, direct and shoot that whole thing. And 
and it looks very prof professional. So that's what I want to show. But if you want to see like my still photography work, I'll show you my New York Fashion Week shots. If you want to see my copywriting stuff, I'll show you this. So it kind of depends on the person, I guess, <laughs> of like what they're trying to hire me for. But yeah, those are the things that I would show though <laughs> for each one. So what advice would you give someone who's kind of struggling with their direction in their own style and kind of like building their own audience around that specific unique style. You ask very good questions, my guy. <laughs> no, actually, let me rephrase this. So how would you build an audience around your own specific oh, style? Okay, okay, okay. So this actually ties back into a little bit about dialogue, right? When you when you when you show people your work, like you don't want to just show them a good shot. You don't want to just show them a good whatever. You you need to ask yourself, why do you want to show this to that person? And once you answer that question, that's how you brand yourself. And that's kind of, yeah, so branding is like, a, is like something that you have to kind of entail within your own work. How do you want it to be perceived? What kind of like meaning do you have with these shots? And that's kind of like when you show someone your work, that's kind of what you want to say. And that's also what you want to put on your website. Mm -hmm. You got to give meaning to your work. That's like the so key what's to like the, the overall structured process of someone to actually like start branding themselves. Yeah. Um, I feel like <sighs> it's, it's definitely kind of like a personal thing that you have to ask yourself. Right. So let's say you're a landscape photographer. Like, why do you do the things that you do? Oh, maybe it's because you love traveling and you want to show the world its beauty. You know, that could be like a way you want to brand yourself. You're just trying to show people like your perspective on the beauty that Earth has. Or if you're, hmm, I don't know, if you're a filmmaker, maybe you want to make these films to give a voice to people who are oppressed and give them a different perspective to people who are, may, might not be aware. Or I don't know, there's, there's like a lot of different ways that you can mm -hmm. kind of like go about doing this. You just have to know why your art has meaning. Because if your art doesn't have meaning, you're just kind of creating empty entertainment, you know, which, which is... <laughs> it's hard if you don't know it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, because like even for this podcast, right, you're trying to like uplift and inform like entrepreneurs, right, right that are in right. this space. Yeah, exactly. So you have meaning to your work. <laughs> if you're just like creating, I mean, not to say okay sorry not to say that you can't create stuff for the fun of it maybe i shouldn't invalidate that you should do what makes you happy yes but if you are trying to market yourself to get hired to get noticed mm -hmm. then you do have to put meaning behind your work that's what separates your work from your hobby those aren't always mutually exclusive wow. you know wow. like that. yeah like that so thank you like, i kind of so just pulled like that on my ass <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do this all the time hell yeah dude you know but how does uh... so pretty much what do you do to monetize your work mm, that is a great question so um on youtube um mm -hmm. I, I don't really go on youtube as much because i just haven't really posted on there much but in high school i actually applied and got signed to this uh, what was it called Hold on, I'm gonna do a quick Google search and cut this out. <laughs> I got you. No, okay, whatever. So, in back in high school, um, I applied and got signed by this company called Vulture Media, um, which is kind of similar to like if you've heard of like Full Screen or Machinima, where it's basically like a, think of it as like a label or a network for YouTubers to get a platform to make money, right? Because 
in the early days of YouTube, the only way you can monetize your content is if you were a YouTube partner um, where YouTube pays you directly. But smaller creators didn't have that some sort, that sort of platform because you had to have an X amount of views and X amount of engagement and X amount of subscribers. And I didn't have that, you know. So then I guess I had for Vultra and um, basically depending on how many views I get per video and how often I posted, they would pay me directly. Now, this I didn't get paid a lot <laughs> because I was a very small creator, but that was like my first taste in um, getting my content monetized. Nowadays, my personal content hasn't really been monetized because Instagram doesn't really have that platform unless you're doing ads, like like a sponsored ad right. through somebody else. Right. Um, but I, you know, one way you could do it is if you're an quote unquote influencer um you can like you can partner up with um you know certain brands and they'll give you an affiliate code and if they if they if you get people to buy their products using your code then you get like a small cut out of like that check and that happened for like this backpack company Mm-hmm. <laughs> they contacted, they emailed me one day and I was like, sure, this backpack looks cool. And I got it for like 50% off. So I said, why not? I got like three friends to buy it, but I didn't really get that. I got like 10 bucks, but it, you know, I yeah. did the exact same thing. This backpack is cool. I need one. Yeah. And then like a few months later they shut down and I was like, oh, okay. So now I have a, a rare backpack. <laughs> so what is like some equipment that you recommend getting for, for a beginner? Ooh, yes. Okay. So if you're starting out, I'm always going to say that, but if, if, if you're starting out um, and you have a smartphone, literally, like if you, if you like are struggling, don't buy a camera if you can't afford a camera. Like don't, you know what I'm like? If you've got bills to pay, if you got rent, but you have a smartphone, just use your smartphone because the, it works like plain simple it works but if you do want to get more invested the two things that i would say is if you want to get a camera get a mirrorless camera um they they tend to autofocus a lot faster and they're much much lighter so you don't have to lug around a, a big bulky dslr everywhere you go secondly if you're doing video you should definitely 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 in, like um purchase a microphone you could get like a lavalier microphone that like uh, which clips to your shirt or you can get one of the ones that you just um, what's it called? attach to the top of your camera mm-hmm. um, because no matter what camera you have trust me the audio is dog shit and you do not want to use it <laughs> so get a microphone i recommend the rode video mic go it's like 50 or 60 bucks you can probably find it used it works fantastic so yeah okay so i know you studied entrepreneurship after you've built all this knowledge in the film industry so what was the hardest thing or the biggest challenge for you within the entrepreneur space when you began i think when i minored in entrepreneurship um, I wasn't sure about it at first, to be honest. Mm-hmm. My, my advisor, just because because I kind of wanted to do business at first, but like my mm-hmm. I didn't have enough prereqs. <laughs> so so my um, my advisor was like, "Hey, well, you're creative, right? Have you ever thought about entrepreneurship?" And I was like, "Honestly, I don't know what the fuck that is at the time." <laughs> and then I tried it, and then I realized that entrepreneurship is literally taking your creativity and how you can solve a social problem through business. And I did not, and and then. From that point on, I realized that my creativity didn't just fall in behind a camera. It also fell into like business as well. And I think that's what mm-hmm. challenged me the most was y- utilizing my creative ideas in a completely new space. 
not even just a new medium, but a new space. Because like, you know, businesses they're not exact they're not exactly in the arts. You know, I've always mm-hmm. been arts affiliated, but now that I'm in those classes, I was like, okay, I have to think creatively. But I've never have to I've never had to think creatively in this way before. So I think that's the that was the biggest challenge was just like utilizing my creativity in a different so way. So what are some tips you can give someone to really fuse their creative side to the business side? And any you know processes that you recommend? Oh, um, honestly, like you know how you like take inspiration from like other people in, mm-hmm. and you try to imitate it. I feel like when you're trying to be creative as an entrepreneur, you have to do the opposite of that. You have to look at how other people has have been solving like concurrent, uh, fuck, recurring problems, and try to solve it a different way if that makes sense. And that's where your creativity comes in because can you create an idea that's different and better than theirs to solve the problem more efficiently? So, you know, for instance, MySpace versus Facebook. MySpace was first, but why is it that Facebook prevailed? Because they were able to like utilize their platform to, to like connect people better, mm-hmm. you know? Same, same problem, different solution, different outcome and different lifespan. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, and obviously, like, when you look at all these other social networks, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, they all solve the same problem of how do we stay more interconnected with those around us? How do we stay more in tune with our culture? How do we stay um, in touch with our family members like that don't live with us anymore and stuff like that? Like, they're solving the same problem in different solutions. And that's what entrepreneurs should do. It doesn't have to be for social media, obviously. It could be for, you know, boba. Yes, like... What is, you know, a place you really draw inspiration from? Like, what is your process in that? Because I know, you know, people really just go on Pinterest to find inspiration. A lot of people go on that. Oh, so like, where do I draw inspiration from in general? Mm -hmm. Or like, okay, Um, in general, um, yeah, Pinterest is definitely a very underrated thing. Um, I feel like whenever, let's say I'm shooting like a plate of food, but I'm not sure what angle I want to take it. Like the other day I had to shoot chicken katsu, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I've never had to shoot chicken katsu so i went on pinterest and i'm like chicken katsu plating and then like i saw the shots that i looked at and like saw the ones that i wanted to emulate and those are the ones that i took inspiration from um in terms of like on a general per- per perspective though um i take inspiration from kanye west donald glover um porter robinson and uh i had oh rich brian which is which most of them don't delve in the medium that i delve into most of them are musically inclined but it's the way that those people think that made me who i am as a creative you know like for kanye he never lets people put him in a box you know at first they tried to label him as a producer then they tried to label him as a rapper then they then he went into fashion and then he went into like church stuff you know he he never lets anyone can define his creative abilities. And that's what I really admire about Kanye. Cause I don't want to be known as just a photographer. I'm also a personality. I'm also a podcast host. Mm-hmm. I'm also a filmmaker. I'm also a writer. And that's why I love Donald Glover because with Atlanta, I don't know if you've watched that show, but he yeah. stars in it. He directs it and he wrote it and he created it. Yeah. You know how amazing yeah. you have to be to do that? <laughs> exactly. So that's, yeah, that's, that's where I take inspiration from. Just looking up to, like, not just the work that they, these people did, but their thought process and their perspectives. That's what's really important. Wow. Really love that. Thank you. Love you too, man. Feel it. Oh. <laughs> digital connection. I know, dude. I'm glad that we can stay connected in this really, yeah. really weird time. I've only like yeah, met dude. you a handful of times, but it's, it's great to be able to still connect yeah, together. Yeah, dude, you got to find a way around it. Like, 
Always. Always. Gotta work around always, it. always. They, they don't call <laughs> their brotherhood for nothing, right? <laughs> so, um... so, like, what is the best platform, in your opinion? Do you think it's the best place for people to just, like, post their work up on? Oh, man. Yo, great questions, man. <laughs> um, This is actually something that I've been asking myself because I keep bouncing from different platforms. Because originally, my content lived on YouTube. But then I realized over the years, they became so commercialized that if you're a small creator, it's very, very hard to get noticed now. Because if you go on the homepage of YouTube, all you see is news and TV shows. You don't see like vlogs unless they're huge vloggers. You don't see like regular creators anymore, you know. Um, so that so then I switched over to IGTV, which is like Instagram's version of that whole thing, which I think is good because if you already have a following on Instagram, which most people do, then it's easier for you to just already connect with those people. Because if you try to promote something on YouTube, like, or if you try to promote your YouTube from Instagram, you have to think about it. You got to be like, oh, link is in my, you got to promote on your story and be like, oh, link is in my bio. But then people have to go to your profile and click on your bio to go to a different app. And people are lazy. They don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but then the flaw about IGTV is that there's no search function. You can search for other creators, but you can't search for specific videos. And that's mm. stupid. So then I started experimenting with Facebook Watch, which is Facebook's version of YouTube. And I still, um, I'm still like trying to learn it. Uh, I'm not sure the, for all the pros and cons yet, but that's where I'm at right now. just because I already have a ton of friends on Facebook. And if you create, and here's a tip. If you create a page on Facebook from your current profile, um, it'll literally take all of the information from your current page or, or from your current, um, like personal page and make it into and create a duplicate it into a public one <clears throat> and convert your friends into wow. followers. And wow. that's the reason why I have 2,200 followers on Facebook because they were already my that's friends. Cool. Okay. Now they that's can still cool. unfollow okay. me, but the, at least it gives me that metric. It gives me that number. It gives me that exposure instantly, wow. you know? So if you are starting out, then maybe if you already have like a lot of friends on Facebook, maybe considering making a Facebook watch page. Um, but I don't know. It's a weird time. I mean, like, not to say that YouTube's a bad thing. It's just mm -hmm. really, really hard to get noticed wow. on YouTube. Dude, you're dropping golden nuggets right now. Like, I hope everyone's taking notes right now. Listening hey, man, to this. you just, you just gotta put. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, like, because because I just kind of find out on my own. You got, you have to mm -hmm. stay curious. You know, if you really want to be passionate about whatever you're working in, you just gotta stay curious and right. you know, learn, learn. Yeah. More. yeah, I definitely think there's a lot of people still who don't have that skill set of you know, researching or, you know, seeking information from Google or YouTube, right? So I definitely appreciate you blasting that to these to this audience, right? Hey, man, no problem. No problem. I'm just here. I, I love helping people out. I, I really am about the people. I just yeah. want to. So like, what is one way you, you know, scale, right? So like, specifically, what is your process in scaling a specific content that you've pushed out onto platform like instagram or tiktok like what is your engagement like and how do you manage your analytics and how do you make sure that you're you know pretty much pinpointing your goals to the type of engagement that you want from that specific content yeah yeah i think um you have to 
I guess like the my, my take on it, and I know that I, that I'm gonna sound like a broken record, but you just gotta find out what your brand is. Like when when people ask about your podcast, your vlogs, your con, just your content in general, like what are you trying to convey there? Because if you like, because that's how you have to like eventually scale up, right? You have to give if you don't have meaning behind your content, then how are people gonna want to watch your stuff? And you have to, and yet whatever your brand is, you kind of have to stick to it. Because if you don't stick by your word, then like you'll you'll never scale up like from there. Um, in terms of like analytics, though, it, it is good to pay attention to like the different kinds of subjects you're talking about and seeing how people are reacting to it. So like aside from my podcast, I I also do like these vlogs, right, where I talk about certain topics. Like I talked about you know adjusting to life in quarantine. I talked about sliding in DMs. I I talked about knowing your limits as you know a, a workaholic and stuff. And I look at the views and comments and like how many people are DMing me and interacting with me afterwards. And that's how I know how like if there's certain subjects and topics that people don't want to hear from me and certain ones that people love hearing from me. Same thing with my podcast. You know, you know our whole thing is about uplifting Asian Americans mostly in the Bay Area. But we there's a like a lot of different topics you can come from in an, under that umbrella but certain topics had higher engagement than others because it was more relatable and, and that's how i kind of had to pay attention I was like okay we maybe we should focus on this side of the umbrella and not that side and you just you know mm-hmm. numbers are important how do, you know? how do you know like the you know search query for certain things you s- research the top ranked you know things that people search for yeah, or you you have to and this goes back to be just you have to stay curious and you have to be willing to learn and you also have to like be a follower of culture you know all of us i'm sure we subscribe to certain youtubers and follow certain people on instagram but you have to diversify your pool or diversify your taste so you can get like a really general taste of what the culture is like right now and how people are reacting to it, what kind of content people are are creating because of these things or whatever. And that and the more you learn about those things, the more in touch you are with pop culture. And once you're more in touch with that, then that's how you can kind of scale wow. your whole thing. Wow. Yeah, you just have you just have to be willing to learn. And learning learning isn't right. just, you know, reading learning isn't just being in school like for me like i don't i don't see it as a waste of time when i'm on youtube like when i'm just like binging videos or going through netflix because the more content you consume if if you are cognizant of it you'll you'll start to realize there's certain patterns to like this content take for example netflix if you watch enough netflix originals like like not the not like avatar because that's nickelodeon right (laughs) like if you watch enough netflix originals you'll start to see that they have a very very particular voice like for instance very progressive (laughs) like to the point where and i'm and i'll say this on the record that i am a liberal and i'm or more so liberal and i am progressive Mm -hmm. but sometimes it gets annoying on netflix because some of their shows like they they don't just sprinkle it in subtly like they kind of Mm -hmm. like cram it down your throat like (laughs) like and i'm all for diversity inclusion and equality but i feel like there are certain characters that are made on that are written on certain shows that didn't really fit the show and it felt like you just tagged it on just for the sake of social awareness and there's a difference you don't just want to tag something like that on you have to do that for it with a purpose but that's a whole different subject but th- but that's what i'm saying though like the more content you consume and the more you're cognizant of mm-hmm. you know how it affects culture right. the more you realize how yeah, this content so like, affects i definitely people. agree with that because you know what you consume is who you are mentally and physically so you know if i'm 
consuming entrepreneurial positive content all that stuff you know i'm known for that right but if you're you know doing it vice versa you're consuming negative content all the time i mean definitely your mindset is changing per what you're consuming on a daily basis yeah yeah totally agree just you just gotta you know keep an open mind to knowing how it affects that culture mm-hmm. instead of just being a lifestyle, you know? so, yeah like what last question for you what is one quote that you would like to give to the audience to give them inspiration to make an impact on them a quote that ooh, yes 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 oh i'm so glad you asked this question i'm pulling up my notes so right excited, now like, just love dude it. yeah man i've, oh, I've never been gosh. interviewed outside of a job oh, this is fucking great <laughs> shout out to josh <laughs> blesses everywhere come, <laughs> and then people will come looking for you man oh thank you let's, let's hope that happens but yeah so i i stumbled upon this quote the other day because and to give context um Whenever you, you look at people you want to aspire to be, like sometimes you're just like, damn, like they're famous or damn, they're so successful. Like, how do they get there? Like, I could get there someday, but I'm struggling right now. But then what I realized is this quote, just because you don't see somebody grind doesn't mean they weren't grinding. You just started paying attention. And that kind of like for me, that kind of blew my mind because I never I never realized that what I'm going through right now is the struggle and grind to where I want to be. But that struggle and grind is something that you never see from successful people because you only started paying attention when they were successful. Wow. You know what I mean? Like no no one knew about Google or, or yeah, no one knew about Google when they were still in the garage because they didn't see it. And that's totally fine if you didn't if you weren't there, obviously. That social media wasn't a thing back then. But like when you start noticing famous people, they didn't just get there overnight. It's just that you weren't able to be there to see them when they were going through the rough shit like we are right now. Right. Just trying to build ourselves. You know, it's right. all about progress, not perfection. You know, and you gotta and there's like beauty in that. We just gotta, you know, <laughs> we just gotta take solace in that, dude. And just like keep going and keep at it. Cause to get to where we wanna be, we gotta struggle so first. Yeah, dude. I think <laughs> J. Cole said um, beauty in the struggle, ugliness in the success. And that also kind of resonates with me. Mm-hmm. So where is the best place people can reach you or find you? What's oh, the best place? <laughs> yeah so if you would like to um i guess like the the main con or the main platform that i use the most is definitely instagram so if you do want to follow me please feel free to follow me at freezy.jpg that's p-h-r-e-e-z-y dot j-p-g i always put like previews of my podcast on there i put my full vlogs on there and you can see my ugly face on there (laughs) but um also there's a link in my bio that'll lead you to my facebook page if you do want to check it out it's facebook.com slash freezy tv um and that's where also my vlogs are but also where the full podcast episodes are um like the video versions so you can um watch me and my cast while we talk and if you want to get the audio version of the podcast the link is also in my bio my instagram so honestly just I find just, my instagram guys what's also your portfolio <laughs> website Ooh, wow. freezy.photography <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah um if, if actually if the link in my bio is a link tree um so once you click on that link it, it really just pulls up all of the relevant links for me like you can find my linkedin you can find my um portfolio you can find my basic page and everything's on there so if you want to literally stalk me just find my instagram click on my bio and that's just right yeah guys check him out and everything will be in the description below and you know he has great content so check him out you guys so much for being on the show man yeah no thank you so much for uh giving me this platform dude you're doing great things as well hope i get to like reconnect with you 
in person someday. Corona, yeah. Man. After this whole Corona, <laughs> dude. Yeah, is it California starting to open up? And I heard well, Georgia's I mean, like, open now, right? Sort of. Now that the, well, there's I mean, like, all these riots, I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. Hey, but one day, dude. It's all good. It's all love. So take care, thank everybody. You. Hope Thanks everyone's so much, well man. and stay healthy. And so much, well. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you guys for joining into this episode. Now, if you want to be an interviewee, go ahead and go into info.theworkshopchannel at gmail.com or you can message me on Instagram at j.oshkwon at Instagram. So go ahead and go use the link tree link in the bio and you can go ahead and Go to the podcast link at the very bottom and you can apply there. All right. So thank you guys so much again. And I hope everybody's staying safe in these times. And I'll see you guys in the next episode.